0: It's been five yeah, weeks
1: since from here.
0: It's been five weeks since we recorded an episode.
1: Yes,
2: back at again the, with the uh, white fans.
0: Yeah. So sorry to all our listeners if you've you've been missing us this whole time. <laughs> we know our You're listener, gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our listener. <Yeah.
1: laughs> we apologize. <laughs> Yeah, it was a nice hiatus though. Uh, we'd been going for over a year. Yeah, straight. I mean, every we hadn't week, had many uh, breaks.
0: I don't think we had our first like skip a week until like the beginning of this year. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: so it's good to get back at it. I feel good about it. I do uh, too. Me too. I've it's, missed
2: it. I think the uh, hiatus was also good. It feel was, refreshed.
0: Yeah, yep. it was
1: needed for sure.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I think going forward we'll have more. Uh, stuff to bring to the table i think that or i know at least for this one i definitely put a lot more work into this one than i had in
2: i last brought a few. notebook <laughs> this time <Yeah. laughs> i haven't done that since the very first episode
1: yeah <laughs> notes on my computer dude it's crazy then
0: watch this be the shortest episode <laughs> <of> yeah <ever. laughs> we're just gonna bum everybody out with the holocaust so yeah you-
1: man welcome back <laughs> getting straight
0: into the meat the dark stuff let's do it
2: yeah i don't think we're going to be hitting the holocaust itself that much hopefully
0: no No, i'm going to bring up a few things in the timeline just because i feel like you can't talk about it without hitting on some of the major points of what happened but right of course yeah we'll definitely not get into all the atrocities but
1: yeah we already know about that yeah we do so unfortunately yeah we're
0: gonna talk about the crazy people who think it never happened yes Think it
2: never happened, or
0: downplayed mm-hmm. how bad it was. Mm-hmm. And if you think it didn't happen, you can stop listening right now because you're not going to enjoy this episode mm-hmm. one yeah. bit.
2: <laughs> or if you are one of those people, please go ahead and write in so we know to avoid you.
0: <laughs> well, what's what's new in the world that you guys want to let people know about? In what's your lives, in, in the world, in your <laughs> lives, in the world in general. No, in your lives. There's
2: nothing I want to let people know about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. I mean, it just been a while, so.
1: <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I can't keep doing that. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> we've all been pretty busy, I think. Yeah. Um, well, Torrance and I have been busy for sure. I have two jobs now, um, mm-hmm. so that's fun. Typical millennial. Yeah. Pulling down two jobs to live. Yeah. You know, but both yep. of them are really cool. I'm, I can't complain. Mm-hmm. So. I mean,
0: I work with several people who still have, like, weekend jobs.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's just how it is. Live, yeah. But, yeah, I don't mind it. One's a coffee shop. The other one's a bar. I'm doing two of my favorite things, so it's fun. Nice. Yeah.
2: I don't have any job. Just, that's not true, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've been supporting Torrance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could not do that. <laughs>
0: I weigh too much. <laughs> so we'll, refer, we'll link to you to our Patreon at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> or GoFundMe. <laughs> is yeah. But anyways, so that's not what we're talking about this week. We're talking about Holocaust Denial.
1: So, Cindy, you want to give us an overview about
0: what, for those people that don't know what it's about?
1: Yeah, I've got a few, uh, just an overview of, so what that is basically is called um, historical negationism or negationist historical revisionism. Mm -hmm. And now historical revisionism, excuse me, is actually a legitimate thing. Um, There are certain historians that will question or try to... uh, reinterpret mm-hmm. history um based on new facts or new discoveries or just um even the uh the advancement of society and uh the to being open to new ideas as a society mm-hmm. um so it can include um just challenging orthodox views um and what it does is it continually integrates new facts and interpretations of events that are commonly understood as solid history, as like things that we were taught in our history books in school. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a process of critically reviewing established theories and suggesting amendments. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it can come into play when um, things are discovered uh, that contradict the older theories Mm -hmm. that we have
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, or mistakes are discovered. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's the classic, uh, quote that history is written by the victor, Mm -hmm. the victorious. Um, Mm -hmm. so in a lot of, uh, past cases, um, well, I mean, hell, like I could, I could look back at what I was taught in high school or how I was taught, you know, it's like with, uh, World War II or, or atrocities that were committed by the American government Mm -hmm. or things that were just totally not taught to me. Like we talked about with, um, like, uh. Help me out here. Oh, like the uh, MK Ultra, MK Ultra, yeah, and things mm-hmm. like that that we were just never told about in school, mm-hmm. um, but that definitely happened, mm-hmm. or the way that certain teachers would spin things in the yeah. favor of, or even the textbooks in the favor of the United States, yeah. like even yeah. the atrocities that were committed.
0: I mean, I think the biggest one people point to nowadays is like Christopher Columbus. You know? Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, I mean,
2: definitely, especially depending on your education, especially the way I grew up, there was Mm -hmm. uh, your history books really I grew up, as if anybody's listened, Mm -hmm. knows I grew up with, you know, very evangelical background, including my education, so Mm -hmm. there was, if not uh, reflecting America, talking about, you know, I had a very skewered view of the Crusades um, from, you know, the three Crusades in the Middle Mm -hmm. East, and and everything that was taught to me was, I found out later, not exactly how it was so originally you taught,
0: pitched. Uh, you were taught in favor of crusades. Oh yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, and uh, or maybe not so cut and dry like that, but it was sure. definitely not. Uh,
0: it wasn't atrocious.
2: <laughs> yeah, and um, the well, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's that sort of thing. Which that's not probably the, what I learned. Probably wasn't mm-hmm. completely accepted history, but yeah.
0: Because that's a little different because I, I grew yeah. up in a pretty like definitely Christian community. And they were they would talk about the Crusades, but they always use that as an example of how Christianity got it wrong. Right. Like, yeah, you know? exactly. No, so, our uh,
2: our uh, mascot was a Crusader.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. it was. Good Lord. <laughs> wow.
1: Let's celebrate murder. <laughs> yeah. Mass murder.
0: <laughs> Um, but
1: yeah, so that's historical revisionism is one thing Mm -hmm. and it's its own legitimate thing. Yeah. Um, I I have a couple of quotes. Uh, there was a historian named James McPherson in, uh, regards to historical revisionism. Um, he said that revision is the lifeblood of historical scholarship. History is a continuing dialogue between the present and the past. Interpretations of the past are subject to change in response to new evidence, new questions asked of the evidence and new perspectives gained by the passage of time. And then he goes on to say that mainly white males of power of the power elite who had the means to attend college, become professional historians, and shape a view of history that served their own class, race, and gender were the ones who were writing this history. And then W. E. B. Dubois, who was one of the founders of did I say that correctly?
2: I think it's Dubois.
1: Du Bois. Uh W.E.B. Du Bois was one of the founders of the NAACP. In 1935, he wrote an essay called The Propaganda of History. Mm -hmm. Um, and his quote, I'll read the whole thing. It's kind of, it is a paragraph, but I'm just, it's not very long. Um, he said, one is astonished in the study of history at the recurrence of the idea that evil must be forgotten, distorted, skimmed over. We must not remember that Daniel Webster got drunk and only... Remember that he was a splendid constitutional lawyer. (laughs) We must forget that George Washington was a slave owner or that Thomas Jefferson had mulatto children Mm -hmm. or that Alexander Hamilton had Negro blood and simply remember the things we regard as creditable and inspiring. The difficulty, of course, with this philosophy is that history loses its value as an incentive and an example. It paints perfect men and noble nations, but it does not tell the truth.
2: Mm. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. So that is... Those are examples of legitimate mm-hmm. historical revisionism. Mm-hmm. But then that can become twisted and it gets into what we're talking about tonight, which yeah. is, uh, or in this episode, which is the Holocaust denial. That is historical negationism. Mm-hmm. And it is the distortion or denial of history for nefarious purposes.
0: In this case, anti Semitism.
1: Yes. Um, the reasons can be achievement of political or ideological goals. And is in many cases racist. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, um, that's kind of an overview of what we're getting into. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, it's not legitimate whatsoever.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I was going through putting together this timeline of, like, all of the things that kind of contributed to Holocaust deniers and what they pull from, it seemed like a common theme was they were all either part of either, like... A lot of them were part of, like, the KKK. I mean, they all had a race, racist agenda. I, don't, I yeah, think that was almost 100% across the board.
2: <laughs> yeah, and although they'll a lot of times be said, that's that's not what it is, which actually mm-hmm. I'll get into that whenever it gets to mind. But, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. You can see pictures of, uh, uh, like, black and white pictures of Klansmen holding signs that say mm-hmm. the Holocaust didn't happen or stuff uh-huh. like that.
0: Yeah. So I'm just going to give you... I mean, this is kind of a meaty timeline, and if... Uh you have anything you want to contribute just cut me off but i'll just start in 1942 so 1940 so world war Two ended in 1945 mm-hmm. so prior to the end of the of world war Two, uh germans made a huge push to try to destroy as much evidence as possible and that's why we're still missing large chunks of what happened and i and a lot of uh, people who are holocaust deniers pull from the fact that we're mi- i mean there's still a lot of evidence for it obviously but a lot of them say, well, we don't know for sure because of all that was destroyed. But so in nineteen forty two to nineteen forty four, Germans and their collaborators destroyed evidence of mass graves, killing sites and Nazi occupied regions in an operation called Action ten oh five. And uh this is depicted in like Schindler's list mm-hmm. that happens in there. Um and they used prisoners to exhume mass graves and burn their bodies. And uh yeah, and these <laughs> these groups were actually officially called I can't even pronounce the word, lichen commandos, corpse units. That's basically what they were. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they had to uh, dig up all of the bodies of those that were killed and then burn them to destroy the evidence. And then in 1955, the Liberty Lobby was formed in the U.S. by Willis Carto. Did you guys read anything about Willis Carto? I don't remember. Okay. Well, his name pops up time and time again. He was just very anti-Semitic and racist and... He founded a lot of political parties that its agenda was specifically white nationalism. So, um, but so he started the Liberty Lo- Lobby and wanted the U.S. to be racially pure, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. He's still alive today, which is oh really? Yeah. Why? Um, Somebody go take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, and he blamed Jews for problems facing the U.S. and the world. Uh, they began publishing Holocaust denial literature in 1969 but in 1984 Will Carto also founded the Populist Party which you might be familiar with I don't know that was in uh that was up until 1992 they're the ones that uh helped the Louisiana state representative and uh former grand wizard of the KKK David Duke oh yeah run for president mm-hmm. <laughs> um so and then in 1959 American clergyman Gerald L K Smith's anti-Semitic publication Cross and the Flag claims that six million Jews were not killed during the Holocaust, but immigrated to the United States during World War II. And that, like, a lot of people pull from that, that they migrated to the U.S. In 1966 to 67, American historian Harry Elmer Barnes publishes articles in the Libertarian periodical Rampart Journal claiming that the Allies overstated the extent of Nazi atrocities in order to justify a war of aggression against Axis powers. In 1969, Noontide Press, also founded by Willis Corteau, um, published a book entitled The Myth of the Six Million. Mm. Mm -hmm. 1973, Austin J. App. And if you're curious about who any of these people are, I pulled a lot of this information from uh, ushmm.org. That's the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. And... uh, so Austin J. App, professor of English literature in LaSalle University in Philadelphia, publishes a pamphlet called The Six Million Swindle, blackmailing the German people for hard marks with fabricated corpses. The pamphlet becomes a foundation for future claims of Holocaust deniers. In 1976, Northwestern University engineer, engineering professor Arthur Butts publishes The, <laughs> <laughs> Butts. the Hoax of the 20th Century. Uh, the case against the presumed exterminations of European Jewry. Butz was the first Holocaust denier to use pretense of academic rigor to disguise his falsehood. Okay, let's see. 1977, Ernst Zindel, a German citizen living in Canada, establishes uh, Samisdat Publishers, which issues a neo-Nazi literature, um, so on and so forth. Most of these are like, from the, in all of the 70s, there were just tons of publications coming out about, uh, you know, in favor of Holocaust denial. Um, And then in the 1980s, the IHR, also founded by Willis-Corteau, promises $50,000 reward to anybody who can prove that Jews were gassed in Auschwitz.
2: Uh, Yeah, I read about that.
0: Yeah, which is nuts. I mean, I feel like that would have been so easy to, to do. I mean, survivor Mel Mermelstein submits an affidavit of his testament at Auschwitz and brings a suit against the IHR when the Institute refuses to pay. In October 1981, Superior, Superior Court Judge Thomas T. Johnson uses judicial notes, which allows courts to recognize as fact matters that are common knowledge to issue a ruling that the Holocaust was fact and the Jews were gassed in Auschwitz. It doesn't say whether or not they had to pay up, but i sure, yeah, hope, I I sure hope they did. Yeah, I don't think they ever they did. did. But, um... In 1981, a French court convicts literature professor Robert F- Farrison of inciting hatred and discrimination for calling the Holocaust a historical lie. Um, I mean, this goes on and on and on. It's always people publishing something in order to claim, th- I mean, in order to justify their, ra- their racist agenda and yeah. claim that the Holocaust never happened. And then in 1989, David Duke, a white supremacist, wins a seat in Louisiana State Legislature. We already talked about him. Duke sells Holocaust denial literature from his office, his legislative office. Nice. nice. This one, This one was really sad to read because this was in 1990. After Illinois became the first American state to mandate teaching about the Holocaust in public schools, parents, which happened, that was the first time that that happened was in 1990. <laughs> wow. Parents, parents Ingborg and Sofit Sarich. People's names. Safet. <laughs> <Soffit. laughs> s a s a f e t. Oh. Publicly so. protest by pulling their thirteen-year-old daughter out of school. The Sariches also ma- also mailed six thousand letters to public officials, scholars, journalists, and Holocaust survivors, attacking the historical record as rumors and exaggeration. Um. So and then in let's see, okay, in nineteen ninety one. So there's a huge gap from 1991 to 2000 as to like all of these Holocaust and how, uh like propaganda that gets published mm-hmm. because the American Historical Society, which is the oldest professional organization of his- historians, issues the statement, no serious his- historian questions the Holocaust took place. So basically discrediting anybody who would say that it didn't. Right. And so from 91 to 2000, there really wasn't much to report. And then in 2000, a British court declares David Irving... An active Holocaust denier, Irving had sued Emory University historian Deborah Lipstadt for liberal, for libel following the (laughs) publication of her 1993 book, Denying the Holocaust, The Growing Assault on Truth and Memory.
2: How can that be libel? I guess I don't know what's in the book, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. But, uh, and then in 2000, the Czech Republic enacts a law criminalizing Holocaust, and then you'll find throughout the 2000s, a ton of countries criminalized the Holocaust denial.
2: Right. I think Germany is obviously one of the yep. big Germany names.
0: has uh Czech Republic. Like I just said, Slovakia, uh, Romania, Sweden. Uh, let's see. And a lot of like a lot of European countries had, even if it wasn't criminalized, they had like put people in prison for saying, you know, for saying that it was like denying it or just hate speech in general. Right. Um, but yeah, but that pretty much catches us up to present. I mean there's a lot that still happened in between there, but uh most of it was criminalizing the Holocaust, which I found I wanted I was hoping one of you guys had talked of, had researched a little bit about um the criticism against criminalizing it because some people bash that as like taking away freedom of speech.
2: Right. Um uh, I can speak to that a little bit. I mean people that criticize that are probably Americans who are used to the idea of free speech, um, Mm -hmm. in whatever form. And yeah, it's dangerous. They'll they'll say it's dangerous too for the government Mm -hmm. to, for there to be, you know, punitive measures taken against somebody who's expressing quote unquote, an opinion that's, uh, unpopular or goes against the narrative that the, you know, censorship Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. but, um, as we get into my thing, I, I don't think that that will, it'll ever be illegal to do that here in America. But I think that's a weird ground, is the hate speech laws and and stuff. Like, how mm-hmm. does that conflict with being able to, you know, freedom of speech or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I th- Here recently, some some <laughs> dingus douchebag mm-hmm. over in the UK named. Uh, count dankula his that was his twitter (laughs) handle or whatever Uh uh-huh that's how everybody knows him as he he was uh in the news for a little bit because he taught his dog to uh do a uh, sieg heil salute his little bulldog and he got in trouble for it and he got either arrested or fined or something and then he became very vocal but what happens with a lot of these people is like I was just joking about it, but now you're making me a Nazi. <laughs> what uh which he didn't say that yeah. but he then became very alt right and he was already alt right to begin yeah. with, but he's like he's like this is the thing, you just keep pushing people further further right with this sort of stuff. Which, no, it's yeah. I
1: think shit like that should be illegal. Like, um you know, it's yes, there is a fine line with the free speech thing. Mm-hmm. But if it's inciting violence, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like, if... Because, I mean, there are people who are still alive from those days. Like, this isn't... Yeah. You know, we're not talking about the Black Plague or something. Yeah. You know, of, like, we're afraid... Like, of where I nobody's or
0: left to, you know, to say anything about it. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Of,
1: like... Because, I mean, you could very well offend someone who's close to the issue. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I mean, if, if I had been there, you mm-hmm. know, and somebody was, like, Heil Hitler around me mm-hmm. or some shit... Um, or even if I was of Jewish descent, like, th- I think that would yeah. push me far enough. And in some points, you know, if mm-hmm. it went far enough, like it wouldn't possibly incite violence. Yeah. So there's a fine line there. I mean, if you're, if you're like actually having a conversation, like when we were talking about the difference between revisionism and negationism mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, you're calmly talking about like how, how much of this happened, how much of this was exaggerated, with a certain thing in history, there's a difference between doing that and just doing this for your own racist um, agenda, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And that's, yeah, that's a fine line. Like, the people who are doing this are just racist and shitty. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that guy should have been fined, and he should probably be in jail, in my opinion. Fuck Yeah. If they want to incite violence through their free speech, quote-unquote, then Mm -hmm. fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they deserve to get bashed in the head or thrown in jail, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. So I have another perspective to that, which I agree, like th- those people who just, th- I mean, they're shitty people, but if we were to completely criminalize the act of talking about it, um, if people really believe that and just weren't voicing their opinion, how else would they be educated if they're only around people who are like-minded? So basically what I'm saying is like if, you know, they'll just get confirmation bias around their peers if nobody, if they don't speak up and somebody says, no, you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah.
2: but uh, conversely <laughs> I think giving them a platform uh also gives people that maybe don't know people around them but still hold these beliefs, seeing somebody get fucking airtime to mm-hmm. talk about bullshit like that uh, then yeah. they're like, Oh, I'm not alone. Yeah, so I'm, you know So there was
1: it's one a fine line, it's it's there hard was to one say. of these.
0: I'm gonna find it really quick because I think that they handled this really well. Um so uh I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. J G Y O R G Y, Georgie? Is that just Georgie? That kind of sounds like it. Yeah, Georgie Na- Nagy Georgie, becomes Georgie. the first Hungarian to be convicted of Holocaust denial. This was in 2013. Um, Nagy carried a sign during a 2011 demonstration in Budapest, which read, the Holocaust never happened in Hebrew. But why? Uh, the court sentenced him to 18 months in prison. Part of his sentence also was to visit either Budapest Holocaust Memorial Museum, Auschwitz, or Yad Vashem. Oh wow! Yeah, so I think like in that case, they're like, "Okay, you're wrong. This is hate speech. We're going to educate you." Like they handled yeah. it, I feel like in the most appropriate way. <laughs> yeah, I
1: f- yeah. Okay, that's. I feel like there's free speech, and then there's hate speech, uh-huh. and I think there's a a very uh, solid line between those two, and yeah. hate speech should be dealt with um, mm-hmm. accordingly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And there's, there, especially in America, that's such a touchy subject is yeah. free speech. But uh, because, and a lot of people might say, yeah, in this instance, this, you know, Holocaust denier, yeah, he shouldn't be allowed to say that. But if we punish him for doing that, that's setting a precedent for what if paradigms shift later and you're voicing an opinion that you know is true, but uh, America isn't like that anymore. So you get in trouble for that. Yeah which you know there's there's argument to be had and also Mm -hmm. there's limitations to free speech that people don't really talk like the go-to example for a lot of people is you're not allowed to shout fire in a crowded theater right because that will cause panic and people will die probably from that but and you would say i'm just that's my free speech i'm allowed to do that uh, no it's illegal so there is <laughs> there's limits to the free speech yeah. laws that we have anyway mm-hmm. so
1: i mean i can see it going that way um and you know it's like we've talked about on previous episodes i don't trust the government mm-hmm. i think they've there are and always have been shitty um so i don't know i think that someone spewing hate speech mm-hmm. let's just uh, make it legal for us to beat the shit out of yeah, them.
0: Which it is it is illegal <laughs> to...
1: No consequence, absolute, just straight up beating. Yeah.
0: And it is illegal to incite a riot. That's why you can't yell fire. Because right. it's called yeah. inciting a riot. And I think that should apply to uh, that to Holocaust denial in most cases.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you could also make the argument for uh, maybe... it. Well, I say maybe an extreme example. It's not actually an extreme example. Charles Manson didn't physically kill anybody. He mm-hmm. just... Uh, told other people to yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. so you know whatever however you want to talk it's a complicated issue and it it, it merits Mm -hmm. discussion for sure absolutely but uh, we're right now which we'll get into with my stuff right now specifically in america it's very important to talk about and it's getting a little dicey because there's a real rehabilitation of mm-hmm. racists right now right? i also
0: want to do uh insert here if anybody who's listening has their own opinion on this subject because i know that a lot of people have different differing opinions i'd love to hear your perspective no so keep it to please, yourself please email us <laughs> about, about your thoughts
2: <laughs> but um because yeah with the whole going back to just the denial of the Holocaust or downplaying, like saying, Oh, it wasn't 6 million. It was more like a hundred thousand like, Oh God. Yeah. That's such a small number, <laughs> Yeah. but whatever. Um. Mm-hmm. I always wonder why, like what do they have to gain from that? Especially if these are, yeah. you know, avowed Nazis that hate Jewish people anyway, why, why would this be something that you get stuck on? And, going way back to the beginning right when they started destroying evidence um right whenever the war was ending and they were trying to destroy anything that they could and destroy records to Mm -hmm. you know hide what they had done the point was so that nazism could come back the very first thing that they had to do was make nazis not look as bad as they were if they had Mm -hmm. any chance of coming back or having people come around to their side and listen to their views being like oh no okay everybody's getting all up in arms about the Holocaust that didn't really happen look all we're saying is that we don't care about the other races like they do what they want we're looking out for our race the white race you know we need to protect ourselves that's all this is we're not about violence or blah blah this is the kind of speech that you'll get from modern day you know richard spencer or david duke or or any of these people that it's insane to me are so prominent and we see so people that they mm-hmm. get interviewed by national you know you know news outlets which yeah. is crazy to me but they think well this is going to get views and yeah it does but yeah. it's also giving a platform to these people and they are always these kind of like just like aw shucks shrugging my shoulders mm-hmm. like look we're just kind of misunderstood here i just want to yeah. watch out for you know i want to preserve my race which uh-huh that's just ha- <laughs> the first step of presenting themselves yeah. to make themselves seem david not that bad. duke
1: okay the ku klux klan david duke Former looks grand like, Wizard. they're know, <laughs> so lame man grand wizard oh, yeah, of the, the knights of the ku klux klan <laughs>
2: Yeah, isn't there all their different their hierarchy? There's like dragons, right?
1: Freaking lame! Mm -hmm. You guys suck. (laughs) Yeah, terrible.
2: David Duke looks like a wax statue of himself that was like put too close (laughs) to the stove.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. Uh, So you made me think of something that is definitely prominent today with like Twitter and stuff. Like we have definitely a like an outrage mentality. Like we people like to scroll, and get mad about stuff. Oh, yeah, I
2: do it every day. Yeah, <laughs> and
0: I think a lot of people do, and I'm guilty of it myself, but it's just like we pay attention to these people and probably give them more yeah. of an audience than they deserve That's because why of I, that, which is a shame, but at the same time, you don't want to be like out of the loop of the exactly. issues. Exactly. So, That's why <clears> I deleted
1: <throat> Twitter, mm-hmm. even though I love Twitter, but I mean, it used to just be like, my joke website you know i'd scroll mm-hmm. a follow yeah. a bunch of comedians and i'm like yeah ah, that's funny or like retweets mm-hmm. and all that stuff and then trump got elected and yeah, it all yeah
2: somewhere around mid 2015 it started to go to shit it really did <laughs> yeah, so real.
1: uh i said that i was going to delete it for a week and that was like four months ago i haven't mm-hmm. redownloaded it um it's just it is there's this like um well, just outrage culture mm-hmm. you know it's um it is definitely a thing. Like, we're all, like you said, scrolling and just getting angrier and angrier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's... there. I mean, there is something satisfying about that. Or, yeah. like, getting on Twitter and replying to some dipshit. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it kind of scratches the itch of knowing that these people are batshit crazy. You yeah, know? <laughs> but
1: the sad thing about it is there are scores of shitty people in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It really is sad. Like, I... On a very much smaller level, I got into an argument um, just about tipping servers at restaurants on Instagram the other day. There were
0: what was the argument?
1: It was someone saying like, "I've had the younger generation tip me uh, like twenty bucks on mm-hmm. a smaller ticket, and then an older couple tip me like three dollars on a fifty-dollar ticket, which mm-hmm. you know happens a shit ton." And yeah. There were so many people in the comments like, "Well, yeah, tip good too if I was using my parents' money," <laughs> and just like, and it's just like, okay. "Well, you shouldn't be a shitty server," and it's mm-hmm. there are just there are just crap yeah. people, you know. That's you know they just they use justifications for their own shitty behavior. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that's just. Uh, I mean, I I mean, I sound like mm-hmm. really negative right now, but that's how it is, man. No, There's I get it.
0: Anonymity makes people do say really shitty things.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I I mean, it's this is. I'm becoming more and more um, dejected and, I don't know, just sad at at seeing, like, I mean, the internet doesn't help with it, but Mm -hmm. seeing things like that, and then on a larger scale, like reading up on Holocaust denial Mm -hmm. and talking to conspiracy theorists in person, Mm -hmm. too, of like, I I don't know, I'm just not even going to say anything specific, sure, but just, it's sad, man. It's just like, Mm -hmm. man, there are, I believe, more shitty people in the world than good,
0: (laughs) So do you think that so uh, like people who like who are the guys you mentioned Richard Richard his, Spencer Yeah, I've heard him speak a few times and like because it makes like we look at that stuff because it makes us so mad and we want to like see how wrong they are.
2: And also just to like
0: make <coughs> fun of exactly. them and blah blah but But is do you in your guys opinion do you think that's damaging or not? What? Giving them that giving them your attention at all.
2: Giving them my attention? No, cuz I think this is I I think uh what's the thing like evil dies on and or evil grows in darkness or whatever Mm -hmm. there's a there's two parts i think it needs to be confronted and shut the fuck down by Mm -hmm. knowledgeable people and over be overwhelmed by the opposition Mm -hmm. of their their viewpoint I don't think that that's the same thing as putting giving them a chance to talk about their stupid ass ideas on no. CNN though. No. Yeah. So there's a difference between uh seeing it and confronting it and mm-hmm. giving them a platform. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean like I don't know,
2: think it needs to be ignored though. Is, I guess it's it a sh- point. Sh- I don't no, think I it should be that.
1: ignored either. I mean, look with like Torrance said evil grows in darkness in the past couple of years, like I I mean I was never someone who thought racism was dead, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but I I may have thought that maybe it wasn't s- like as big of an as big of an issue as it was back in the 60s prior, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I thought maybe we were making progress. Um but then when Trump got elected and all of these people, man, they came out of the woodwork like cockroaches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have been there and they have always been there. Racism mm-hmm. and uh uh, just general shittiness <laughs> has mm-hmm. always been a thing; it has never gone away. Yeah, and Trump gave all these people a platform, and mm-hmm. now we're looking at shit like this on a mass scale. Mm-hmm. This Holocaust denial and uh, just white supremacism, and uh, mm-hmm. just all of these things mm-hmm. are really back in the spotlight yeah. in a way like it n- it hasn't been since the sixties. Yeah. That's and why and I before. didn't
0: even bother with the two thousands timeline, just because it just goes crazy from there. Like, there's just so many instances. <laughs> yeah the
2: whole point of this was the rehabilitation of the nazi party and how a lot of these guys like i was saying Mm -hmm. richard spencer um uh, baked alaska you know that guy uh no he's a he was a youtube personality very alt-right and i see and well, he was the guy that, he he's somebody that, I, he got kicked off of Twitter. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and he was somebody that I actually, this, this is what's I'm talking about. Should we be paying attention to these people? Should we you know, be taking part of this outrage culture, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. He was, which I think we should be paying attention. I don't think we need to buy into just complete, I, we need to have some substance and not just outrage. It needs mm-hmm. to be, you know, challenged. But he was somebody that I enjoyed. <laughs> it's it's good that he's off Twitter. Um, Well, Richard Spence, not Richard, uh, Baked Alaska was somebody that I, he was so like a source of entertainment whenever he was on because he was so bad at what he was. He was so, so dumb. And he had such a, a huge following just because he had these alt-right views and those people will... They will cling to anybody. That's one weird thing about the all right. If you express any sort of uh view that is like along their lines, like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be laying all these brown people into our country or blah blah, they will welcome you with open arms and pat you on the back and shower you with praise and talk about how great you are. That's part of why so many dumb people and really dumb people is what I mean, you know, get you know roped into that um, and a lot of young kids will fall into that, especially there's a real toxic youtube uh environment right now for stuff like that because that's the platform that kids are listening to, and there's just a whole lot of alt right youtubers that i mean I'm sure everybody's heard, yeah, but yeah, anyway, baked Alaska <laughs> just own him like you do you i guess you call it a self own just a mm-hmm. lot of unintentional. He would do. He was the guy that uh, he posted a video of himself getting uh, bear maced at a at a rally. But if you watch the video, it's pretty clear that he maced himself, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just he's I don't know winner. to get sympathy votes. Or, like he's like off camera for a second, and he's like, "Oh, I got maced! I got maced! Who has my milk? Somebody got. Where's the milk? I need milk!" And they're like holding him down and pouring milk on his face. <laughs> he's like what are my twitter viewers saying what are my people saying anyway (laughs) and the once he had a post that was like (laughs) he was like um do you know democrats were the ones that uh wanted slaves and democrats are the ones that started the civil war and uh democrats are the ones that didn't want blah blah but you won't learn that in history class and Somebody commented like, "LOL, uh, yeah, you totally learned that in history class." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, I was homeschooled and I was not taught that." <laughs> <laughs> just a fucking idiot. Uh, yeah. But oh, a, and oh him guys. and like uh, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, if oh, you know man. him, that mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. These people that ju- their number one uh, driving force behind their views or whatever is just that it makes them popular or gets attention, mm-hmm. I guess is the main thing, especially with Miley Yiannopoulos. Dude. He mm-hmm. just sure. wants attention.
1: Those people, I've always wondered, especially with Miley Yiannopoulos, I'm just like, man, you can't actually believe the bullshit you're spewing. Like this mm-hmm. has to be a character you're playing, right? Yeah. And I was watching, um, I binged season one of Dear White People a while back. Mm-hmm. And then season two dropped and I did the, se- they're just half hour episodes, so it didn't take long to watch it. Mm-hmm. But there was, uh, so the main character has this radio show called Dear White People, where she just calls out Mm -hmm. just, you know, stupid shit white people say to brown people. Um, But she, it ends up that she is about to interview this black woman who has this, she's a very prominent, um, kind of like Milo Yiannopoulos type of like, uh, she's alt-right, super alt-right. She like, it shows uh these outrageous clips of her arguing with people on panels, you know, very Oh
2: like a Candace Owens.
1: Uh I don't know who that is, but oh, sure. just a
2: black lady that like is on Alex Jones and stuff like that a lot. Yeah,
1: very much. That's probably who they were spoofing with this mm. lady. Um and the the woman who played this woman does it so well. She's actually like every <laughs> uh she's kind of like a, a type of an Allison um from Bojack and Glow. For oh, Allison Brie? Allison yeah. Brie type for me. Like, Allison Brie is such an amazing actor, but I mm-hmm. hate every character she plays. <laughs> she, does it, she does these just cringy, horrible characters so freaking well, and she's one of my favorite actors, but every character she plays is just Do terrible. Did you didn't like her in Community? I didn't watch Community. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you probably wouldn't like, you wouldn't her, any you wouldn't either. like her in that. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> um, and then, so that's how this lady is. Like, everything I've seen her in, she plays a huge bitch. Like, she's just a terrible person, like, in every role that I've seen her in. And that's how this role is that she's playing. And so this uh, this young woman, this college student, comes in to interview her and try to, like, take her down in her interview. And she just... They meet in this, like, hallway. And this woman just starts, like, taking the girl down, the college girl down, this, like... This woman, and she's, like, saying... You know, I it started for me as uh, I was in a I think she said she was in a debate Mm -hmm. team or something, and she was like, I just uh, I played the opposite side, I played the alt right side in the debate, and then I started getting views, I started getting Uh, hits on my page, and so she was like, this character just grew and grew, and that's who she became Mm -hmm. and she was just like this is like she was like and that's what you're turning into Mm -hmm. you know because it was showing this woman's this college students like uh her like going from hosting this radio show to getting into twitter arguments and it was just Mm -hmm. like likes 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 and retweets and all this um so it was kind of it's kind of like that character for me when I see someone like Milo Yiannopoulos or anyone mm-hmm. like that I'm just like you have gotta be playing a fucking character right mm-hmm. you can't really believe this crap because it's so outrageous yeah and I thought that uh dear white people in the in the second season like they showed that super well
0: mm-hmm
2: yeah and uh, that's I think that's exactly uh, it's the same with like Ann Coulter or yeah that's or
1: exactly d- another one that I was trying to think of
2: yeah it's just say incendiary thing watch the you know the clicks and the views go up yeah. and, mm-hmm. and and that's it she, yeah. they don't have to defend what they said at no. all they don't feel the need to no, whatsoever it's insane
0: yeah i mean that's a, that's another thing like when you back to like the uh, like giving them an audience thing like when you're being i think you shouldn't do it when you're being baited like that right <laughs> yeah, don't give them attention whenever they're obviously baiting you <laughs> with with shit but yeah um it
2: th- I mean that's sort of the thing where yeah she's saying something it is baiting people it's it's causing outrage clicks or mm-hmm. or whatever um that's why twitter is mm-hmm. one thing because they're not getting they're not getting reno- re- revenue <laughs> revenue thank mm-hmm. you revenue <laughs> 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 yeah off of off of their tweets they're just mm-hmm. you know cultivating more talk around them but yeah they will put something out there and they're not going to respond to anybody that tweets at them really mm-hmm. but it will pull a lot of maga chuds mm-hmm. that are you know w- want to like agree mm-hmm. and that's where i whether it's a good thing or a bad thing i wade into those murky waters and mm-hmm. start yelling at the idiots <laughs> <on> there. <laughs> who's to say and half yeah. of them are there well i say half a lot of there there's definitely very clearly uh bots and I think that word yeah. gets gets used way too loosely. Like anytime <laughs> somebody somebody blocked me because they said I was a bot once, but They said he was a Russian bot. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh nice try Russian bot. <laughs> right. <laughs> it
1: was Torrance. That's great.
2: The the word bot gets use way people use that when they just are talking about uh shill for you know some point of view uh-huh. most of these people aren't bots they're just they have shitty points of view i think it's disingenuous to write them off as bots like no mm-hmm. that's a real person with that actual yeah. point of view yeah that's a but there there are also bots and they're pretty the thing is those are pretty obvious to pick out because they'll be just like bill johnson zero one three four five six seven eight nine like just a string of numbers after their name and mm-hmm. You look at their profile, and it's like, oh, this is this is pretty clearly manufactured. Yeah,
1: or a lot of them that have the American flag in their name, <laughs> and they have no posts or anything. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. In that same vein of just like cultivating outrage and just being ridiculous, I'm on. I looked up earlier when we were talking about David Duke, um, and I wanted to be sure who you guys were talking about. It'd been a while since I heard that name, mm-hmm. um, but I'm on his Wikipedia page, and I just randomly came across this sentence when we were talking about that this says in 2006 in a financial times editorial gideon rockman recalled interviewing duke's 1990 campaign manager apparently this asshole ran for president yep who said the jews just aren't a big issue in louisiana we keep telling david stick to attacking the blacks there's no point in going after the jews you just piss them off and nobody here cares about them anyway
2: <laughs> oh my this god is like, how
1: are these actual humans Yep.
2: yep <laughs> I was talking earlier about how he that picture wasn't recent and how he looks like a wax figure that stood too close to a <laughs> stove. This is
1: Ooh, <laughs> god, uh, it does look like he's melting. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> Yikes. That's yeah. what racism does to you. Guys. Like, oh man.
2: <laughs> look at uh what's her name, Katie? Uh Oh fuck, I'm going to say the wrong name and I'm going to sound like I'm talking about Katie Hopkins that UK lady. I'm just ragging on a ra- lady's <laughs> look, so maybe
0: I shouldn't be doing that.
1: <laughs> no, I was joking around the other day um, uh-huh. with uh, a group of people, and we were talking about, I don't remember what we were talking about, but just shitty people, I guess. And I was just like, you know, man, like, I mean, on a general scale, I feel like your, uh, your personality can definitely make you more or less attractive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just kept going. I was like, man, like you look at some shitty people, and you're just like, man, it looks like, you know, your personality is coming through to your face somehow. <laughs> like you they just sure. it's like a uh, it's like when you're playing a video game like an infamous mm-hmm. in this video game where like if you play evil mm-hmm. then like your skin starts to like have like these mm-hmm. nasty like veins and stuff and then you can just tell that you're evil. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like shitty people a lot of them <laughs> It's it, it, real to real yeah, life. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. True to real life.
2: Well, uh, that's like <laughs> just talking about idiot's faces tucker like <laughs> tucker carlson like he's always pulling this face uh, that i think he must practice in a mirror with that mm-hmm. i think to him it, he thinks it looks like i'm thinking really hard about this and i'm very serious and and it's smart but it but he just looks like a confused dumbass like <laughs>
1: I see what you're talking about. Do you know I'm talking
2: about the face that he pulls all the time? He's, like, knitting his eyebrows and open mouth, like... "Mm." Uh
1: (laughs) I read a tweet before I deleted Twitter that was... It was just some comedian, and they were... It was one of the Trump boys, the blonde one, I think. Eric. (laughs) But they were like, Eric Trump looks like uh witch cast a spell on him to where he has to hold his tongue in the middle of his mouth. Oh no. <laughs> All the time, like he can't, his tongue can't touch any part of his mouth. I've
2: seen that too. That's actually that was. It a, was really accurate. It was, uh, <laughs> it was Don Jr. Actually, because oh, okay. his his, his, his uh, well, this is uh, audio meme but he's always like,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of like turtle face. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, that was fun, just ragging <laughs> on people's <laughs> appearances. Anyways, back, back to Holocaust denial. Oh, yeah. Um, so Man, you just had to bring it down, didn't I you, I know, ben? I had to bring it right back down.
2: But, okay, so <laughs> let me get back to trying to, <laughs> where I was at, about what it is today. So many of these people, it going to, and it always starts off so innocuously. It's mm-hmm. Like I said, YouTube stars seem to be where it is. That one kid, I don't know. Logan don't, Paul. <laughs> he's um, just a straight dumbass (laughs) but (laughs) i'm sure he seems like the type of young rich white kid that would support trump but i don't Mm -hmm. think he's ever said anything like that but uh like like pewdiepie or whatever Mm -hmm. just casually make he's made a couple like i'm making cheeky jokes about you know Mm -hmm. i i used fiverr to pay some Kids in India to hold up a sign that said kill the Jews, or he like wore a Nazi uniform for one of his videos. I was like, it's just tongue in cheek. I'm joking, guys. It's a joke. That's the thing that always Mm -hmm. comes back to it's like it was a joke. Yeah, Milo Yiannopoulos sent uh $14.88 to some uh Jewish reporter, which I I don't know if you're familiar with 1488, uh, it's the 14 words, it's it's KKK code for. The 14 words are just like, we must secure uh, the future for our white children. If somebody Mm -hmm. can look that up for I'm going to. (laughs) Sure. And I don't remember what the 88 is. I Um, found it. All right.
1: 1488. We must secure the existence of our people and a future for Mm -hmm. white children. The second is 88, which stands for Heil Hitler. Oh, wow. H being the eighth letter of the alphabet. Okay, yeah. So... This uh, underground code
2: that's now pretty public that, you know, this is how, you know, these mm-hmm. neo-Nazis would, you know, communicate or let them know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm one of you. This is our mm-hmm. secret handshake type thing. It's pretty obvious now, but Milo, you know, sent 1488 through, like, Venmo or or PayPal or something to some reporter, mm-hmm. uh, just a, a Jewish report, like, it's like what it was a joke it was i'm joking about it. it was like you flirt with this so much and like he's always he's at parties with richard spencer and mm-hmm. stuff and he'll be sing. well there was like this uh uh like there's they're at some bar richard spencer starts uh singing some sort of like nazi song and mm. milo's there singing within the front in the crowd but he's like no it's cheeky i'm being cheeky like at a certain point it's just straight gaslighting yeah of, yeah like it's just like it's not even a dog whistle at like mm-hmm. a racist dog whistle at that point. It's like a racist like air horn. <laughs> yeah,
0: <to laughs> for sure. For real. And another thing I don't understand about like the Holocaust denial thing is that tons of uh, well quite quite a few SS uh, like soldiers, like they came out and said, like, I saw the in gas chambers, like I remember exactly what this looked like. I don't understand anybody could believe that this didn't happen. Like giving their first person account.
2: Well, that's where it gets into where I wonder how many of these uh, people that espouse this. Oh no, it's it was fake. It was it was mm-hmm. exaggerated. It was blah blah. It was a Jewish conspiracy. How much of them actually believe it, or how mm-hmm. much of it versus how much of it is just uh, trying to
0: just get, just get people mad about it? Or like you just not even get people, people
2: mad, up. but just be like, it wasn't that bad, guys. Oh, sure. So right. downplaying. Uh, it. Yeah, downplaying the the role. So a lot of this um, is presented as with uh, in the context of white genocide, which mm-hmm. I'm sure, I think we've talked about that before,
0: mm-hmm. haven't we? White genocide, I feel like that's come up a time or two.
2: Yeah, uh, well, if you're not familiar with white genocide, it's this idea that uh, <laughs> there is a conspiracy about white genocide. Their definition of genocide is just uh, white people procreating with non white people to the point and they think that it's being encouraged. Well I hear a lot of this, like, oh it's okay for a for a black person to marry a black person, but it's not okay for a white person to marry a white person. It's like said no, no one else. Nobody ever. is saying that well. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's never been said.
2: <laughs> but they uh so they act like this isn't about other races whatever and it all comes down to language i think that's and, f- and this is where it really is like I, when i started doing this i was like i don't, I don't want to make this about trump like every subject we ever do i don't want to make it about trump but he has really paved the way with language with the way he talks about non-white people with calling them animals calling them uh all rapists and Or, Mm -hmm. you know, equating all immigrants coming in as uh, MS-13 people uh, Mm -hmm. coming in from Mexico, that is. Mm -hmm. And that sort of language just is a real comfortable way for those people to dehumanize uh, people, which is uh, just play for play right out of, like, the Nazi playbook of, like... Mm -hmm you dehumanize the jews you draw these wild caricatures of them for your political cartoons mm-hmm. and make them seem like monsters uh, mm-hmm. this is so acceptable now and w- we have seen especially now in the day and age of having cell phones i the one thing that's great about twitter is how like almost weekly you see somebody doing something stupid racist it mm-hmm. gets posted on national media. That person gets found out right away and they lose their job, which is fantastic. Yeah. I do like that now we're able to point it out, but mm-hmm. it's also becoming a lot. These people feel uh, a lot more emboldened mm-hmm. now, like we were talking about. They feel like, said, he said, they came out of the woodwork. Yeah. There's more than one video where somebody's yelling at a, a black person or a mm-hmm. uh, somebody from the Middle East, saying, literally saying stuff like, this is Trump country now. This is Trump country. You get out of here now or, or yeah. whatever. And they can't act like th- – whenever that's happening and it happens so often, the right's like, no, no, that's just a – that's an outlier. What Trump was talking about, and he said animals, he was just talking about like the actual gang, mm-hmm. MS-13, blah, blah. And I was like, nope, look at what his followers are – this is what the followers are hearing and this is what they're doing. This is what they feel like it's okay to do now. I'm really rambling at this point. <laughs> anyway, it's a main one.
1: It's all relevant. Sure.
2: Yeah. And the reason this goes back into Holocaust denial is that that is literally the groundwork for it. it was like, make this acceptable again. Yeah. And make America great again.
1: <laughs> and on that note, it's uh, been great, guys. <laughs>
2: I, I hope that the the line I was drawing there was clear enough. That it, mm-hmm. uh, it might seem like a leap to be like, no, those people are the same as these people. It's really not that much of a leap. They, like I said, these alt right people flirt with it so much, and it's always under the guise of "I'm doing," I'm making a joke. You guys see me as this way, so I'm gonna play it up. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is you can't say that when there's people that follow you that take this seriously and like yeah. and act on it seriously. Yeah, so.
0: Yeah, it's not something to be joked about for sure.
2: Yeah, you can't cry innocent about mm-hmm. that. Or
0: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so I guess th- if we were to sum it up, it would be that Holocaust denial is um, revisionism, historical revisionism. Oh, no, not revisionism, but what was Negationism. The word? Negationism.
1: It's not legitimate historical mm-hmm. revisionism because mm-hmm. it because has it racist agendas. Mm-hmm. Um, and just yeah, it's not good.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not good at all.
2: It never died, and it and I th- and I think it's an I- irrelevant topic to today because it's it's mm-hmm. picking steam and momentum. Yeah. Absolutely,
0: and it's I mean, it's anti-Semitic. It definitely has you know racial. It has a racial agenda, like a racist agenda. Um,
2: What's crazy? This is what I think. What comes up with so many uh, conspiracy theories? That is. It must be... Because we we're talking about there's still Holocaust survivors today or maybe people whose parents were Holocaust mm-hmm. survivors for sure. And to hear people be like, that didn't happen. Yeah. It has to be like... And same with like Sandy Hook shootings, like oh people berating, or or even it's, it's even happening over with mm-hmm. the, not as much as Sandy Hook, but you know these are crisis yeah. actors. This didn't happen yeah. when this yeah. happened to these kids, or just going to Buzz Aldrin decking that guy because he was like, "You didn't land on the moon." Admit oh yeah, it. <laughs> that was gratifying to watch. <laughs> yeah. God, that would be yeah. I I do love that video. <laughs> yeah. That guy deserved he did all deserve of that. it. To- <laughs> Uh, just uh
0: yeah but i mean those poor people like let them have their peace you know at this point like why make them relive it in the worst way by saying it never happened to them like that's terrible
2: yeah I've, well because they don't they truly believe that it didn't happen to them it's and it, because they're so they're they have talked themselves into uh what's the the word for that um it, it applies to like anti-vax people and stuff that's uh the Dun, dunning Krieger effect, Dun- Dunning-Kruger
0: effect. I can look it up for you.
2: Look up what it's actually called, but it's basically actually if you look it up give it me the exact definition of it. It's
0: Dunning and Kruger Dunning-Kruger effect. It is uh the first field of psychology, in the field of psychology, the Dunning-Kruger effect is a co- cognitive bias in which people of low ability have Ill- illus- illusory superior, illusory <laughs> illus- illusory superiority and mistakenly assess their cognitive ability as greater than it is oh my gosh yeah
2: so people that yeah of low ability (laughs) and low cognitive ability because Mm -hmm. that they have that think that they're the smartest about something
0: yeah yes it's kind of like people who take little information that they have and think they're experts you know yeah
2: yeah exactly (laughs) that's what a lot of this is it's Mm -hmm. a lot of misinformation that they have and it's a also just the superiority complex of like I know something nobody else knows. And so they feel... Yeah, feel it's like, like, yeah, that's because the thing that you know is wrong. That's, mm-hmm.
0: I feel like that applies to a lot of conspiracy theories absolutely. in general. Yeah. No, I think that is exactly it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I, we always kind of come back to this when we talk about conspiracy theories, but it is like people just want to feel like they know something no one else yeah. does. It yeah. makes them feel special. Mm-hmm. makes them feel like they are the 1%, the unique, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Which... That's- <laughs>
2: It is, it's a, it's some sort of complex that I'm sure, mm-hmm. and I don't have the. i I'm not, I can't be an armchair sci- psychiatrist about it, or psychologist.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need to get an actual psychos- psychologist on the show. If you're a that psychologist, would be great. Yeah. hit us up at dot and we'd love to have you on the show. Pick your brain.
2: Yeah, I've got to pick.
0: <laughs> but, uh, okay, well, if we don't have anything else, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of pseudophiles. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play. Please rate and review us. We always appreciate that. Um, If you have anything that you would like to contribute, you can email us at podcastseudophiles.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.